to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Is your name in the book of life? Then guess what? So we're not going to be these saints. These are saints during the time of tribulation, right? But check this out. This is the point I really want to make. But listen, okay, so when was this written? It says from the, or excuse me, the book of life of the lamb that was slain. Who's that? Jesus, right? The lamb that was slain. Listen to this. From the, can we say that together? From the foundations of the world. It was planned before the foundations of the world. The lamb was stricken before the foundations. It was a done deal before the foundations of the world. It was done. Revelation 13, 7. I just want to say with that, you do not want to be here during the time of tribulation. Why? Because look at what's going to happen. You know how, how difficult that's going to be? Everyone's going to be worshiping this Antichrist, and he's going, to have, he's going to make war against them. He's going to prevail. You don't want to be here, guys. You know, if you go to a doctor, you don't primarily go to a doctor because you want him to love you, right? I know it sounds weird, but it, just think through that with me, okay? It's not that you go to a doctor because, oh, I want a doctor that really loves me. No, you want a doctor that can really fix you. If you have a broken leg, you want a good doctor that can fix your leg. If you have open-heart surgery like uh, Mikey had up here, you want a doctor that knows what they're doing for the open-heart surgery. You, you want a doctor that's going to fix you. You don't necessarily want a doctor that's going to just love you. And, and for the most part, listen to this, for the most part, doctors are kind of trained in, 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 in such a way they don't get too attached. Do you ever notice that? They don't get too attached to their patients because that would be real difficult on them when they see their patients dying and stuff and they get too close. They got to they just kind of, you know, have that little separation. So you notice that sometimes doctors are real just cold. Hey, all right, tell me, you, you, you know, how long have you had this? Uh, does it hurt back here? No. Does it hurt over there? No. Okay, thank you. Bye. See you later. But it's, it's because, you know, they're trained in that way for the most part. You know, now I'm not saying all doctors, but, but truly think about it. Think, I mean, think of this craziness. If you had a doctor, you went in the room, doctor, I'm not feeling well. And they're, oh no, you're not feeling too good. Come here. <laughs> You'd be like, whoa, this is weird. We don't go to a doctor to love us. We go to a doctor to fix us, right? You're probably like, where are you going with this anyway? I don't know. I just thought I'd... No, no, no. <laughs> we have a God that not only fixes us, but he loves us. We have a sin problem, and he fixes the sin problem. We have all kinds of problems apart from God, so he sent his son to fix us, to give us wisdom, to give us understanding, to, to fill us with his love, to fill us with joy, to fill us with peace. He, he fixes us, but guess what? He doesn't just fix us. He loves us so much. And his plan is good. He has a good plan. And the only thing that's keeping you from being fixed and being loved is if you refuse to go to him and receive your forgiveness and to receive the love he has for you, you need to go to him. He has great love for you, but he also wants to fix you. And he's able to fix you. And even us as believers, we need constantly to be fixed. And we go to him, and he, he fixes us. He gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding. He gives us joy. He gives us his love. It's all part of his spirit. And we're, we're in him, and he has all this available for us. But don't ever forget the fact that he loves us so much. I just recently read a story about a construction engineer, and he, 
he went out on the job to inspect a job and he had to go up on the scaffold and it was up three stories. That's a true story. When he was up on the scaffold, he, he tripped and he fell and he went over the, you know, the scaffold and he went falling and, and the workers saw him fall off the scaffold. So they just ran over there to just look at his dead body. They figured, this man's dead. There's no way he's going to survive this. He's a dead man. And when they ran over to where this gentleman fell off, they, they realized that underneath him was this worker, this laborer, and the laborer saw him falling. So the laborer wanted to help him. So he took the full brunt of the fall. So he embraced himself and he tried to catch this man and it basically just crushed him and either fractured or broken just about every bone in this man's body. This man was rushed to the hospital and they treated him for many years and he ended up becoming disabled. And years later, a reporter did an interview with them, and the reporter asked this construction worker, and he says, you know, how is the engineer treating you since this accident? How is he acting towards you? And he says, you know, he treats me so well. He says, he's actually given me half of everything that he owns. He even gave me a share in his business. And he says, there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't stop and visits me, and he, and he tries to accommodate me, and he's so grateful for my life, for what I did. And that's a wonderful story of thanksgiving. But, but how do we treat the very one that took the full blow of our sin upon his body? He was crushed. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was rejected. He was scourged. He was spat upon. And he, he did that for us because he loves us so much. And, and my response is, are we acting even slightly like that engineer guy? Are we, are we grateful for the one that died for us? who showed us such fervent love? I pray so. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you hearing his voice today? He primarily talks through his word. My sheep, Jesus said, hear my voice, and I know them. Isn't that a comforting thought? Jesus knows you today. I know them, and they follow me. And he says, and I give them eternal life. Isn't that a great thing? He gives us eternal life. When we come and believe in him, he gives us eternal life. And they shall never perish. This is for us today. Most of the hands that went up and said, I'm a believer, this is for you today. You're never going to perish because of what Jesus Christ did for you. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, right? And what does it say? And no one is able to snatch them out of my hands. My Father's hands. It's like we're a sandwich. Jesus' hand, the Father's, he just sandwiches us in. And no one can snatch us out of his hands. Nobody can hurt us. For all eternity, he's, he has us. And this is the one who died for us, Jesus, the Son of God. And he says, I and my Father are, are one. Let's go back in our text, please. So verse 21, it says, Who through him believing in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Is your faith and hope in God? My faith and hope is in God. Isn't it great when you put your faith and hope in God? And who is it through? It's through Jesus. He rose from the dead. Do you believe that? And you have many benefits if you put your faith and hope in God. My faith and hope is in God. Through Jesus Christ. I love what we're told in Ezekiel 36 regarding, this is regarding the nation Israel, but I believe for those of us that put our faith and hope in God, 
we have the same similar benefits. Check this out. He's talking about the nation Israel. In the latter days, this is what he's going to do. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. Do you realize what we're doing right now? The water of the word, it's cleaning you spiritually. Do you know that? He's saying, I'll sprinkle clean water on you. Well, we're told that, you know, the water of the word cleans us. And then he says, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Those are things we put before God. And I will give you a new heart. Has God given you a new heart here today? And I will put a new spirit within you. Isn't that wonderful when he does that? He changes us. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Have you ever seen a person when they give their life to Christ and they just, they're softened up? They're, they're just like a different person. Have you ever met someone, they give their testimony, it's like, well, I was a drug dealer, or I was there, and I, I killed people, I did this, I was in the Hells Angels, I was la, 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 la. And you're looking at the guy like, there's no way. He's like a teddy bear. Why? Because God has softened his heart, and he's given him a new heart. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and I will keep my judgments, excuse me, and you will keep my judgments and do them. That's what God does for us. So I'm going to focus more on this last verse, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Love. None of us can cleanse our own souls. I just, I, do, I hope we all realize that. We can't purify ourselves. It's through believing the truth of who Jesus Christ is, believing that he died on the cross, receiving into our lives, and then we are cleansed. And when we're cleansed, we have sincere love for one another. Genuine love. Did you, in, when you were in grade school, did you have to do those, uh, on Valentine's Day, those little Valentine cards for everyone in the classroom? Do you remember doing that? Do they still do that? I just wonder. Does anybody know? They still do that? Yeah. Remember that? You'd sit up, I would sit up at night and you have to, you'd have to have a little card for everyone in the classroom, not just one, right? But there was always that. I remember being a kid, there's that one girl I'd think, oh, I want her. You know, I just write little things on one, but the one, I was just like, okay, what do I say to her? My hand's shaking, you know? <laughs> then you just kind of give out the cards like this, then you go to the one, and you're like, here, this is for you. Like, <laughs> or whatever, I don't know, I don't know. But I'm just... But you think about sincere love. That's not sincere love. You know, you're writing these Valentine cards. You're like, I didn't love everyone in the class. I'm sorry to say, I just was handing them out. This is my duty. Here's your card. Here's your card. Here's your card. You know, this is, that's not sincere love. The moment we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit fills us. We are filled with his spirit, but we're filled with his love. There are people, that, there were Christians before I was a Christian, I would just say, I would never hang out with those people. I would never go near those people. Those people are crazy. I think they belong to some weird cult or something. These guys are weird. Guess what? I accepted Christ. I'm like, I love these people. <laughs> Seriously, that's exactly what happened to me. There are people in my life, they're just like, doo, doo, doo. I'm like, well, man, all they do is go to church. They live a boring life and they're doing, and all this misconception. I'm telling you, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I fell in love with those people. And they're my family. I remember going to my dad and 
for the first time, telling my dad that I accepted Christ. And I, you know, I knew he, was, you know, he wasn't going to be happy. And I remember the whole thing. I remember going and having a meeting with him. And I sat down with him. And I'm like, I'm praying and praying. What do I tell my dad? What do I tell my dad? I, you know, I've got to explain this to him. I want him to know I'm a different person. I'm not the same. And I just, I'm sitting there, and I didn't know what to do. I just opened my mouth. I said, Dad, I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs> and he says, don't say that, son. I go, Dad, but it's true. He goes, no, don't say that. And I go, it's true, Dad. I'm a Jesus freak. I said, believe me, I know how you're feeling. I used to hate Jesus freaks before. I said, but now I'm one of them. And he says, son, it'll change. Don't worry. <laughs> and I said, it's not going to change, Dad. I'm, I'm changed. I'm a different person now. And he didn't know how to take it. He didn't know. And I understand because I was in his shoes at the time. I was just, he was like, what is going on? Something weird. You're just, you're, but it's nothing weird. I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I was changed. And I love Jesus. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I love Jesus Christ. And I love his people. And do you know that it's, sometimes it's just, it's easy to love Jesus, but sometimes it's not so easy to love his people. You're all laughing, aren't you? But we're called to do it. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. How can we say we, got, we love God, the one that we don't see? We read it in our, in our scripture reading. When, you know, how, how, how can we say we love God, and we, the one that we can't see, but we're not loving our brother, the ones that we can see, the Bible says. In other words, it's going to show, if we love God, it's going to show in our love that we have for one another. And, and the people that God puts in our lives, there's a reason, there's a purpose for those people that he puts in our life, because there's a... a, a there's a thing going on. There's a, the purification that takes place in our life, and he uses other people in our lives to mature us and to grow us and to, to know how to respond. So, so it's part of our walk with the Lord. He uses people in our lives, but he wants us to love them. So because of his spirit, we have sincere love of the brethren. We're, that's a given. But now it's a given. We have this. We're purified. But now he's saying, love one another fervently. If you're a note-taker, it's an athletic term. It means to strive with all your energy. That's how we're to love each other. Strive with all your energy. I was hoping it would just say, just love them a little bit and run. <laughs> say, hi, I love you, bye. <laughs> but this word is an athletic term. It, it means to, 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 to do it with all your energy, to, to love with all your energy, to, to just give it all you have and just really just to, to go all out in love. I told you a few weeks ago that we, we bought a hummingbird feeder for our patio, and it's been so awesome, you know, watching the hummingbirds. And, but we just thought, this isn't enough. So we went out and bought some plants, some Tacoma trees, right, for our backyard and then for our patio. And so we planted them, and it's just, uh, we put them in the ground. And so the, there's these flowers, the certain flowers that the, the hummingbirds love. We are getting all different kinds of hummingbirds. They're coming up to our window. They're flying around. They're playing with each other. They're, you know, fighting with each other. They're just all over the place. And we're just like this, you know, we're just in awe of this. So much so my wife's like, look, look at this. I said, honey, don't point. They're going to fly. Oh, no, they're flying away. Don't, don't point at them. Just, just look at them, you know, just don't scare these little things. These are so cute. And so... 
So we put a drip system, Carlos and I, we put a drip system on our, you know, on the patio. We worked together. It was a lot of fun putting that in, but on, on the, the back patio, but on the top patio, you know, it's like sometimes we forget to water them. I'm like, we can't kill these plants, so we got to put a little drip system on there. So I was, uh, you know, trying to get to that. I've been so busy. So Saturday, you know, I'm thinking about the message, fervent love, and I know this would really bless my wife if I do it on Saturday, but I got studying to do. We had something else to do, and I'm like, oh, Lord, it's not a good time, but maybe, you know, so I'm like, okay, fervent love. You know, I'm going to deny myself. I I'm gonna just. I said, "Honey, what would you think? Maybe I'll do the drip system on the patio." She goes, oh, "No, would you really? Oh, you're, you're not really today. You do it." She goes, "No, you don't have to do it." I said, "No, no, it's okay. I think I could do it. Shouldn't take too long." And she's like, "Oh, great though." She's all excited. I'm like, "Oh, this is great. You know, this is wonderful." So I'm out there trying to put it in. Well, these flowers don't just attract the hummingbirds. They attract tons of bees. I don't know. So there's just like bees like crazy. And the way the so I'm trying to go underneath with the drip system, and these bees, you know, I'm thinking, well, they're pollinating. They're not going to worry about me. So I'm down there thinking they're not paying attention to me. No, they want me out. So they're, like, coming at me like this and going like this, and they're, like, trying to push me out of the way. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a good illustration for a Bible study. This is fervent love. So I'm like, I'm like Lord, I don't want to get stung, though. You know, so, so I'm down there. I'm putting it all in. I'm, you know, these bees are, you know, trying to get me off the patio and stuff. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm thinking, you you know what, this is, you know, this is for you, baby. <laughs> and I believe it's important that we try to find ways to fervently love each other, to deny ourselves. Because he says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Go out of your way for others, denying yourself. How how can you bless others? By nature, we're selfish. We have a selfish nature. The more I walk with the Lord, the more I see that I need to deny myself. Self-focus is terrible. Have you ever noticed that? People that are so, so self-focused and not focused on anyone else, they become depressed, they become oppressed, they become, and, and I just, the, the, the best cure is help other people, love other people, serve other people. It was funny, we went last night to, to a, a birthday party from the church. There's people here that were, were there. It was, we couldn't stay very long because I did the, the patio thing and all that stuff. I had a message to put together, but, uh, but it was fun. We, so we went to a birthday party last night, and, but it's so funny. I have a thermos that I have from Costco, and, just, uh, and so my wife were there, and we're talking to people, and she hands me someone else's thermos. It wasn't my, it was Costco thermos, but it was, at the nighttime, it looked like it was dark blue, but it was black. So my wife hands it to me, and I'm talking, I put it in my mouth, and I don't know what was in it. So I think it was just water, but it was warm. And I, I have terrible food allergies. I could, seriously, if I have one thing wrong inside of, you know, if it, let's say it was, was something, uh, some kind of thing in there, the chemical, I could be sick for like three or four days and throwing up and all kinds of stuff. I'm hypersensitive to stuff. So I don't know what's in there. All I know, it's not mine. So I put it in my mouth, and it's warm water, or it could be water, something. I think it was just water, but it's warm, and I knew it's not. I go, it's not mine. And she goes, what is it? What is it? And she's like freaking out. I go, I don't know. She goes, spit it out, spit it out. I'm like, I'm like there's all these people. I'm just like, oh, crap, just spit it out. She goes, spit it out, spit it out. It's like, it's like, whoa. And I'm like, I'm looking like, where am I going to spit? You know, I got a mouthful of whatever it is in my mouth. I don't know where it is. She goes, she goes, spit it out. And I was like, okay, all right. 
So I'll go to the bush and I spin it on. She goes, what was in it? What was in it? What is it? She goes, you didn't swallow it, did you? You didn't swallow it, did you? I go, no, I didn't swallow it. She goes, okay, okay, breathe. And I was like, I have a wife that fervently loves me. She could care less who was there. She could care less who heard it. She's like, you know, spit it out. I don't care. You know, just, this is my husband. Because she's seen me sick before. And I'm like, I'm so blessed. If she didn't care about me, she said, swallow it. <laughs> Have some more. <laughs> That's not my wife. I love what Peter says in chapter 4. 1 Peter 4, 8. And above all things, have fervent love. Here it is again. For one another. Above all things. This word's a little different. It means love without ceasing. It's a sacrificial love. Do you notice that, though? Above all things? Above everything else, we're to love. We're to have love for one another. And I love what he went on to say. For love covers a multitude of sins. There's different understandings with what that means. Love covering a multitude of sins. Possibly it's talking about, for example, when someone does something wrong to you and they go to you and say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I had a bad day yesterday. You know, I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me. And you're like, yeah, no problem. I forgive you. It just covers it. I was angry too. It's okay, man. I love you. It happens. I forgive you. It's covered. That's a good thing to have. And it's never good when someone goes to you and humbles themselves and says, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I had a bad day or I'm sorry. You know, I never should have said that. And you're like, hey, give me a week, buddy. You know, that's, that's not a good heart to have. You, you want to have a heart of love that covers us. Say, hey, you know what? I forgive you. Just don't do it again. No. <laughs> but seriously, to have that heart, to be quick to forgive and slow to anger. Because love covers a multitude of sins. And realizing the one that forgave us of everything. Wouldn't it be terrible? You step into a relationship with God and he only forgives you of 1% when you first come to him. Okay, work the rest off. Okay, you're up to 3% now. That's not God. You go to him and he instantly forgives you of, of everything. I forgive you. I'll even give you better than that. I, I not only forgive you, I choose to forget about your sin, and I'm going to put it behind me. Go and sin no more. Don't practice that anymore. And some look at this as saying that, you know, love covers a multitude of sin. God's love covers a multitude of sin. It's God that forgives us, and it's, it's God that covers a multitude of our sin. But still, in context with what it's saying, we're to love each other with that same kind of love. We're not to hold grudges. We're not to... You know, hold on to this, this, these things. You were to give them to the Lord and be quick to forgive. So it's a wonderful verse talking about fervent love. Another one, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do. Can we say that together? Be done with let all that you do. Those are some heavy verses. Let all that you do be done in love. Everything that you do, make sure it's done in love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not self-focused. Let all that you do be done in love. That's our message today, guys. Let's have fervent love one for another. God is, a, God is love. 
We as his children were to be people of love. The great news, we have all the resources from heaven. His spirit living in us. The fruit of the spirit is love. So let us love one another. And Lord, help us to love one another with a fervent love. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.